I'm Jessica Ashley. And I'm Megan Francis. And you're listening to the Right at Home Moms, part of the Life Listened Network. So you spent hours writing the perfect query and you sent it off to an editor for the first time and haven't heard anything back. Should you follow up? Should you wait? Should you delete them from your uh, contacts because obviously they hate you and never want to hear from you again? That is what Jessica Ashley and I, Megan Francis, are going to talk about today in episode six of the Write at Home Moms. We're glad you're here. Hey, Jessica. I think it it means that you're a terrible writer and you should just give it up. It's go apply at Starbucks. Your mother was right. You are done. You are done. Okay. That was the end of your career. (laughs) We've both been there. Um, I've been there many, many times. And particularly when I was a newer writer, I was always really anxious when I would send anything, whether it was just a letter of introduction or some kind of a nudge to an editor or a fully fleshed out pitch or whatever it was. There was always this, you know, pick me, pick me, pick me feeling. But then also that why are they responding? What are they doing? Are they laughing at me? Are they, did they print it and pass it around the office and everybody is laughing at me? Um, So we want to kind of dispel a little bit of that anxiety today and talk about what, what is the process? Like what is the best way to follow, to pitch and then follow through on that pitch? And then, you know, when do you give up and move on? Um, Gosh, this is a big topic, but I think we can handle it. I think so too. (laughs) I think first of all, we all have way too much email. I mean, we are, I, I think I get 200 emails a day. Yeah. Yes. And often I handle the like red hot ones first yep, and get to the other emails late at night before I go to bed, sometimes the next day. It is, but when you are on the other end, when you're the sender, it's really hard to be patient. But I think that's the first thing to remember. Yeah, I agree. People get a lot of email. They do. And you know, it's funny because um, I've had, now that I'm more on the, I'm as much on the other side of the email as I was, you know, I used to just send pitches and I would write for clients. And now I'm in the position of where I do some editorial work where I'm taking pitches. And if I get a pitch, first of all, I think it's really important that people understand the process. So if I see a pitch of yours and I, and I like it, I'm not necessarily in a position to do something with it right away. Um, it's usually pretty low on my list of priorities simply because I have other things that are more pressing, like you said, like you have to deal with something red hot that's right in front of you. And sometimes I have to shove other things aside until I have a chance to think about it or speak with my client about it. Or an editor at a larger publication probably has to take it to several coworkers before they can even decide whether or not they can do anything with it at all. So you're looking at it automatically several days, usually, that you're going to have to wait to get a response. So there's that. There's also that a lot of times they just kind of go into a black hole and the person literally never saw it. Um, so I think we need to talk about following up. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have followed up on a pitch and heard back that the editor never saw it. They saw it and put it in a folder and forgot about it. They saw it, sent it on to their higher up and then forgot about it. And their higher up didn't respond. So now they have to nudge them. You know, there's so many reasons why you might not have gotten a response yet that I think it's just always a good practice to follow up. I do too. I, I think that let a couple of days go by, write a nice friendly email, circling back. I'd love to hear your input. I have a few other ideas to share with you. I have this, I have this thing where when I follow up, I feel like it makes it feel a little more natural and less needy. If I say, I have something else. I have another idea for you as well. Mm-hmm. So that it's like it creates this compelling reason for me to follow up. 
and yeah. it's not like love me love me please <laughs> but i think it's also legitimate to say you know, I'm filling up my calendar for June. I'm um, just wondering if you're interested in this idea. Or, you know, I think there's ways you can make yourself seem in demand as well. And for me, especially if it's something like a personal essay I've written or something that's a little more time, um, like time, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, like there's a word I'm looking for. I'm a writer and I can't think of this word. Like it's related to a certain time. It's timely. Oh my gosh. Timely. It's timely. <laughs> that one word. <laughs> I have to edit all of that mumbo jumbo out. Anyway, um, I feel like if it's some, an idea that is more timely, that it's very legitimate just to say, hey, I just want to make sure you saw this because X date is coming up and it's really a great peg or, you know, this season is coming up or whatever. I, if you're not interested, I want to be able to take this elsewhere. Right. Um, I think it's. I think it is creating a compelling reason for them to get back to you now. Right. Absolutely. Even if all they can say is, I can't, I don't know yet. At least you have some information and you know that they got it and you know that they didn't block you um, from their email. <laughs> right. It's not because you're a horrible writer. You have right. crappy ideas. But let's talk about when it's time to move on because I do think sometimes there are those editors that are just black holes. And so maybe they give you something that's sort of lukewarm, you know, lukewarm response that you kind of decide to take very optimistically as being encouraging. But then the more time that goes on, the more you realize they're never actually going to get back to you. At what point is it that you just decide to walk away and to stop, you know, throwing your energy after after somebody who's not going to give you work? And I, I kind of feel like that's different in most cases. Like it depends a lot on the vibe I might have gotten from someone in the past and how busy I perceive them to be. Um, so there's no one hard, fast answer. But Jessica, how do you handle that? I feel like before I'm going to go away completely, I'm going to check in with my closest trusted friends who may be connected to that person and mm. just get a read on, does this person usually respond right away? And that has been helpful for me because often I have heard, you're going to have to email this person again. You might try calling them. Um it, you can't bug this person enough. Like, I want to know what other people's experiences have been. I would say after three times, if I don't hear something or I feel like it's a non-response, like I'm going to get back to you next June, then I'm probably just going to send a nice email to say, I haven't heard from you. You must be busy. I'm going to take this idea and I'll come back to you again in a couple of months with another idea. Like I'm just not, I, I probably am not just going to go away completely if mm -hmm. I feel like it's a great fit, but I'm not going to, I think after three emails or three follow-ups, yeah. it's, it's time to walk away and not be invested anymore. Yeah. And I, I really like your comment about speaking to other people that you know who might. So here's a good example. For years, I pitched this one editor at Better Homes and Gardens. I really wanted to write for Better Homes and Gardens. Interestingly, it's one of the only magazines of my initial 10 years ago, 11 years ago, A-list that I never placed a story with. But this guy, um, this male editor who worked there, was known among my friends as a non-responder. That's just what we call them. He's just a non-responder. He will never respond unless he wants to assign you something. So that was just sort of the, you just had to take that. And when I say he will never respond, I mean, he will literally never <laughs> respond. Right. Um, so if you wanted that gig badly enough, then you kind of knew that because everybody knew it and people would share that information. And so I finally at one point was like, meh, you know, I've put a lot of time into this. I'm not there right now. I'm, I'm going to move away from it. But have I completely crossed him off of my list forever? Well, actually, ironically, I found out he lost his job and is now freelancing. And I feel like that is a huge karmic. 
<laughs> like, oh gosh, I wonder if anyone's responding to him. Um, but if he was still there, does it mean I would never pitch him again? Not necessarily, but I think I finally realized that that one clip wasn't worth to me feeling like I was pitching into a black hole or somebody to whom my name and my work meant literally nothing. Um, it was a little insulting, you know, it's just like, it's not that hard to say no thanks. So there's that balance, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't necessarily have maybe tried him again if I felt like there was something that was a perfect fit that could be that one in a thousand that would get through. So I don't know. You know, I, I do think we need to speak from it from the other side yes. for a bit too, because we've both been the editor. And my job as a content strategist, as a consultant to sites and to companies to go in and act as their editor-in-chief, I hire writers, sometimes one-off writers and sometimes uh, ongoing contributors. And for those positions, none of them are full-time. A lot of times I'm the editor. I might have one other person with me, but I'm, I'm running a big show on a few hours a week. I try to be really explicit with my writers and tell them, hey, I'm I'm doing a lot here on very limited hours. If you don't hear from me and it's urgent, please follow up and be persistent. Mm-hmm. But I also need to send them the message that I cannot get to every single email every single week. And sometimes they will Facebook message me. If a lot of them have my phone number, they will text me. And I've given some people permission, like get a hold of me the way that you can. Cause if I get a text, sometimes it it's, I will answer it right away. Yeah. I don't want everybody to do that, right? but I have, but what I'm saying is I've set up the expectation. I want to be there for them all of the time and respond immediately. I do not have the bandwidth or the hours um, to do that with everybody. Right. So in that way, that is, I, I also, ugh, that's a fine balance, but I feel like I want to say to myself on the other side of it, like, calm down, sister. <laughs> calm down, like, right. This, this isn't as big of a deal. Real, right. right. And this person might be working really hard mm-hmm. on editing your last piece or scheduling it in or managing technical issues on the site or whatever goes along with that. And it's not you. Be persistent, but don't be a pain in the ass, which is a really hard <laughs> balance especially when you're when you're you know when there's so much uh emotion and energy and hope poured into that story that you really want to place it's hard to have that but I totally agree and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit from my perspective as well I'm in a similar position where I have a few clients where I'm kind of doing the management and some of them I'm not really looking for pitches, um, but my name kind of has gotten like I have one tourism client and I have a few writers I work with regularly. There's not a ton of content and almost all the ideas are generated in-house. And I mean, I'm not even the one generating the majority of the ideas they are coming from the client because they know what they need to be promoting during their time. So I'm much more of like the, the widget master, you know, plugging the writer in, checking everything over, making sure it's going well. So I'm not really looking for pitches and every now and then something will come across and it's, it's a good idea. It's, and the writer seems like someone I might want to work with. So I'll go for it. And there's that thin line, you know, you said between persistence and being a pain in the ass and all, and what I have seen it as like, there's assertiveness, which is great. And then there's this like desperate over eagerness and it, it is a rather thin line, but once someone's crossed it, I feel like sometimes they get all whipped up with anxiety and they, then they just keep running. So like, yes, you'll know, have somebody who will, and so pay attention to what your editor is saying to you. If they say, you know, I really don't work a lot with outside freelancers. This is not 
it's an invitation for you to try a little harder and maybe become one of their stable members. But that doesn't mean that if you send them 10 pitches, it's going to impress them so much they're going to change their minds. There might be nothing you can do to get them to bring you on. The decision might be out of their hands. I mean, you just, you just don't know. And if someone says something, you know, if an editor says to you, um, I'm pretty full up through the summer, but I might be looking for ideas in September, pay attention to that. Pitch something for September. Don't say, well, what, what, I have this really great idea that, you know, is coming up in a week. That, to me, indicates they haven't really listened to what I've said. And in, in, when, my e- in, when my email inbox is already full um, and they've emailed me three times and then they've left messages on my voicemail basically saying the same thing, you know, it does kind of trip that, ugh, this person's too much of a pain. Yeah. They I could agree. be a great writer and they have good ideas, but I just don't have the bandwidth to handle this much to manage to manage the personality (laughs) even more than the writing right yeah I agree with that and so that leads me to think that as writers it's a great idea to ask the editor upon first contact when you if you do have a phone conversation with them or an email conversation with them to say I know you're busy what's the best way to contact you and on the on the other side of it as an editor I, I hear that and I think it's good to be really straightforward about here's the best way to contact me. Yeah. And when the best way to when the best time to contact me is. Because managing the personalities is is often harder than managing the writing. Yeah, and that's why I would definitely work with somebody who I had to do more grammar fixing or clean up their formatting. Um, because that's something I can do quickly and on my own time than somebody who I have to deal with a lot of you know, a lot of that back and forth or that um, sort of neediness. And it's, you know, I think if this was me hearing this 10 years ago, I would have felt like that was really unfair. (laughs) And, but it's just my reality now, you know? So another thing I will say, and about the setting expectations, um, I'm a pretty easy editor and most of the people that I work with are great. And so if I assign them a story, it's pretty straightforward. I'm good about letting out, like, you know, laying out exactly what I need. They get it to me. It's in reasonable shape. I'll edit it and put it up myself. I'm not going to go back to them and ask them to make this change. I could have just made myself, right? Story goes up. They get their check. Everything's great. And for me, that is a great arrangement. Like, I love it when things go that smoothly. I love it when my pieces just show up and I just get a check and I don't have to think about it. And what I don't always realize that there are, is that there are some writers who want more feedback. And that's fine. Like if, But they have to tell me that sometimes. Because if I'm managing a lot of people um, and I'm thinking the way I think, which is, hey, if I publish it, it's all good. You know, if I publish it and I didn't make any huge changes to it and it it looks pretty much like the way you wrote it and uh, you get paid, that means you did your job and I'm happy. Um, And I've heard from a couple of people who've said, you know, like in my other job, I got performance reviews and um, I'd really like to hear more feedback. And so it just wouldn't have occurred to me. So sometimes I think you maybe do have to do a little polite um, requesting of what it is you want or need without having an expectation that you're going to get a ton of handholding because today I think things just move too fast. I agree with that. And I, I work similarly. I really do like to give feedback, especially when there's something that I think is great. When there's a great source or a wonderful lead or something was handled really beautifully or funny, I really like to just send a quick one-liner email about that. I also have found working with writers that when I do that regularly, it makes it a lot easier to go back and say, and now I have some other feedback. (laughs) And it's not as good. (laughs) You got to quit with the ellipses. Right. Um, 
Right. And, and I really try not to do that kind of feedback unless it's really driving me insane or please reread the style book because this is not, you know, not cool. It's hard. Sometimes I have seven minutes to do something and I'm either going to be finding an image or editing a post quickly or doing something like that, or I'm going to be sending that email and the email often gets shuffled aside. But I really do try to do that. I like to hear that feedback in return. I mean, nobody wants the negative feedback, but it's helpful, especially if your relationship is hinging on you doing better the next time. Yeah. And that's really true too. And I think that that's something um, as an editor, I could probably learn from, although I'm also, I think that we're both fair people. And so we're not going to cut someone loose because they didn't know what we wanted. They didn't know they weren't delivering what we wanted, right? I mean, there's a long road you have to go from where everything's cool to like you're out, um, unless it's something that's just a total disaster. And I think sometimes there are subtle cues you can pick up on too. And I guess I'm not trying to put all the work on the writer at all. I don't think that's fair. Um, but I think I'm saying, you know, what I've learned from being on the other side of it like what we've both sort of hinted to at is that it's not always about you, the writer. Um, it could be about the process. It could be about time limitations. It could be about a certain workflow that they're not privy to that, you know what I mean? That just affects everything about the way we communicate. And so I guess if we had to end, you know, have one piece of advice as the takeaway, it would be what? Just be persistent, follow up, yeah, be persistent, stress. not a pain in the ass. Yeah. And don't take it personally. Yeah. It's probably not about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost certainly not about you. So most of the time, it's definitely not about you. <laughs> At least 30% of the time, it's not about you. <laughs> Occasionally, it is not about you. <laughs> All right. Well, we actually just hit like 20 minutes on this. So we're going to wrap this one up. But um, this has been a great topic. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can always email us at hello at writeathomemoms.com or you can go to writeathomemoms.com and find the show notes for this and every other um, show in this is our sixth one. We have been featured on new and we already talked about this, didn't we? New and noteworthy on iTunes. Um, but I think we're still on there, you guys. So this is really we're less cool. new, but we're more noteworthy. We're, we get more and more noteworthy with every episode. The less new we are. Honestly, <laughs> I think so. I'd love to hear in the comments people who have other tips for contacting editors and things that they'd love their editors to do in terms of creating contact. And we will share those on another episode. Yep, we will. All right. See you next week, everyone. <laughs>